Welcome to GrishaCast, episode 36. In this episode, we are covering chapters 3 and 4 from the book Crooked Kingdom. This is your host, Eric. And I'm Terry. From Nashville, Tennessee, this is your podcast for all things Grishaverse. A world created by the wonderful Lee Bardugo. Moi sabayani, casters! Hello! Woohoo! It is us. And let's thank some of our cities since we've got so many people listening we always want to make sure that like we try to give you a little shout out to your city heck yeah this time we've got victoria washington Ooh, and now we've got briarly hill england what's up y'all uh-huh and we have kolkata india what what that's so exciting that is so on the other side of the world y'all exactly so i hope you guys get a little excited when you hear your little city um first off thank you all so much for being patient um i know we are we did not come out like we normally do on a friday morning but i tried so hard i really i had a horrible horrible migraine probably one of my top 10 and i have cluster migraines which means i get a lot but um yesterday was really bad um i ended up going home just for lunch during work and it just got worse i never went home and i kept trying like i felt like i don't know around six i was like oh we can do it and yeah it just had gotten too late so no you needed to rest yeah so sorry guys um but we're we're still coming out on friday yes we're pushing through we did exactly so um Anyways, how was your week? It was pretty good. Yeah. Started my uh, college course. Ooh, go girl. And work is picking up. And mm. yes, yeah, so it was a little busy. Um, did go to Ikea for the first time ever. That Ooh. was exciting until they were out of everything on my list. So I drove for oh. four hours to get nothing. But um, still, you got to see it. <laughs> I did. It was just very disappointing. I know. I know first world problems. But <laughs> well, oh, but you know, at least I got a road trip out of it. So, well, that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad you got to see IKEA. I remember, in when I lived in Minneapolis, when they built IKEA, and it was like a big thing when we went to go like just see what it was look like. It's and huge. It's massive. Exactly. Like I mean, it's so big, and then all the food is very interesting. Yeah, I can't really eat any of it. Yeah, but um, I agree. but Jeff ate, had to have a hot dog and some meatballs. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because what country is IKEA? Like, I mean, they're Swedish. Swedish, that's what it is. Yeah, so it's like that's so funny, and interesting. <laughs> so. I know we drove four hours, so he could. He did buy. He did buy a nice piece of furniture, but. Oh, yeah. that's good. We uh, we drove that long to get some some hot dogs and some meatballs. Well, <laughs> at least you got to enjoy that beautiful car trip together. Yes, it was. We always have a good time. So I finished a book, Chosen Ones, which, um, by the way, the only reason I picked it up is because I don't know if you guys remember, but during the quarantine, like in the beginning, Lee did this like interview with this other writer who wrote the divergent series yes and they did it and like it was like 45 minutes and i guess like this book had like just come out and lee had her own copy and i was like i'll order it 
And my big thing has been like, fin- like making sure that I finish books. I used to have this really bad habit of um, starting books, loving the books. Yes. And then I'd still be loving it, but I'd order another book and start that. And then I'd have all these, like, anyway. So I'm just going to be honest. I that was there was magic in it, but it was not my type of magic, and um, I just made sure I finished that book so I could start my other one. Oh, it wasn't exactly my cup of tea. Um, it started off good, but um, it just. But you have to finish it. I had to, so yes. like <laughs> I I stayed up to finish it just so I could start my mm-hmm. other one and go back to my Holly Black book, um, because I'm now reading the modern fairy tales, which. If you're a Holly Black fan, then you like that's actually a big book, but it's like three books all in one. So they like, I guess, recently put like all three, like three books in just this huge, massive book. But it still has to supposedly do it all with Elf Haim and all that stuff. And I love it. Yeah, that's very you. I'm really loving it. Like, Good. I really love her stuff. Um, so that's kind of cool. And, um, Anyways, I had this really cool bookmark that was like designed. It was like this Elfheim like bookmark that I got off Etsy. And I then was looking and like so like my son Caden, he loves Percy Jackson. And I all of a sudden saw that they had one that was Percy Jackson. And these are like really cool bookmarks. They're metal and then like on the end of it there's like all these different types of charms. That kind of go along with oh, okay. it. So it's like, it's it's very like, it's really neat. Well, anyways, I show my husband and I'm like, because I'm like, I, I'm going to get him one with Percy Jackson. And um, I talked to the lady and I know the charms and she's going to even write on a piece of paper, like what each, charms, what each charm actually symbolizes. And as he's looking at mine, he looks at it and thinks like it's bent and accidentally breaks it. Oh. I know. And I couldn't help but just laugh hysterically oh, yeah. because I love my husband to death, but that is so him to think that like it was bent that way on purpose so like it fit in the book and he broke it. <laughs> so anyways, I promise you there's a point to the story. I go back to her and I'm like, "Okay, I need another one." And I, we get into this huge conversation, and as I said last week, I'm on the fence with J.K. Rowling and this whole Harry Potter thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think if you've been listening for a long time, you probably remember back in December when I was so excited, I got my Harry Potter Pandora bracelet, mm-hmm. flipped out over it. Even there's a picture of it on Instagram. Okay, so I'm having those problems trying to separate and anyways, I know that my other favorite worlds, where my favorite worlds are, the Grishaverse and Elfheim, and then the Londons from Darker Shade of Magic. Anyways, this awesome person, her name is Mimi Perrin, and you can find her on Etsy. Her store name is The World of Fandom. She is making me a new bookmark, but she's also making me a new bracelet, and... The bracelet is a Grisha verse bracelet that, like, it's actually a Six of Crows bracelet where I even got to help her, like, she couldn't think, like, because I was looking at it, I was like, so is there really a charm for every Six of Crow? And she's like, I couldn't find one for Nina, and I couldn't find one. I was like, 
well, all you need is a heart because she's a heart render. And she's like, I didn't think of that. Or a waffle. <laughs> and, yeah. And then like I helped her kind of do that. And then there's color beads and they're just brown. I was like, can you change those colors by chance? She's like, we can do whatever you want. So she's actually changing those colors to, of course, the Grisha colors. Ooh. Red, blue, and purple. And then black and gold for the Darkling and Elena. That's so awesome. like I'm getting this really cool Grishaverse bracelet that is going to be handmade. And I'm just saying all her stuff is really cool. She does so many different types of stuff for any type of fandom. So once I get it, of course, you guys will see it. So just wanted to go ahead and give her a shout out. You will hear more about her in the future <laughs> when I get it. She's supposedly actually going to have it done in like three days. Wow. I know. So that's so fun. It is. So, anyways, I guess, do we want to get started? Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, we are doing, as we, as you know, chapters three and four. And I hope you guys are enjoying. So, because we are having so much fun. Yeah. And these chapters are long. Grr. Yes. But not as long <laughs> as two. No, not as long as two, <laughs> but um, especially in like three, it wasn't a lot of like action, but there was like, you know, stuff going on. So tried okay. to pull out the most important parts and the more entertaining parts. Okay. Uh, if you remember, we left off with Matthias, Wylan, and Kaz running out into Cornelius' meat. Yes. Like just bumped into him. Uh-huh. So Kaz starts acting like really weird. He starts acting like he's flustered and embarrassed and he's helping Smeet up, uh, picked up his wallet um, for him and apologized. And Smeet actually pays Kaz. Yeah. Thanks for breaking into my home, dude. Here's some money. Kaz had slipped the whistle back into Smeet's coat pocket. Surprise, surprise. And we called that last episode. Totally called that. Yep. Because that is how Kaz Brecker works. Mm-hmm. The three of them meet back up with the rest of them in a cemetery within the Black Veil, which Matthias uh, says is all creepy. Mm. Jesper, of course, is peeved at losing his guns. If you remember last week when he lost his guns. Well, that's what you keeping, do when you gamble. Keeping Smeet there at the table. And Kaz is keeping Kuei in a tomb. <laughs> and it's like not letting him out. He keeps saying, stay in your tomb. Aw, <laughs> it's the real Kuei. I know. Uh, so Nina and Jesper tell the group that on their way back, they saw two shoe warships in the harbor. Cass says that he found out that the embassies are full of Zemini, Kalish, Fjordan, and Rovkin diplomats and soldiers. Lots going on in Ketterdam. So we assume that everyone knows about Param and about Kuwait's freedom. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's Nina, yeah, Nina asked Kaz if he found anything at Smeet's house as to like where Van Eck is keeping an edge. Kaz, of course, doesn't give anything away because, again, that's how he works. Uh, yeah. Just says he has a pretty good idea. And the plan is to strike tomorrow at midnight. Mm. So we have a time. Then they start a conversation about which is more important, the money or a edge, because we're still going after the money. Oh, of course. Uh, Kaz explains that they're doing both. And that the money is definitely important because everyone involved has a grand plan that will change their lives. Right. Yes. And but we know Kaz is, I think Kaz mainly is doing it for Inesh. I, I mean, and, and the money, but 
And I don't know if like it's really about the money at this point, like Inej and getting back at Vanek. Exactly. For the stunt he pulled. Exactly, because, I mean, he is, like, a boss of the barrel, and you don't do that to Kaz Brecker. No. Uh-uh. No. Kaz is going to cut you. Mm-hmm. So, they say, you can't put a price on these things. And Kaz answers back, quote, no, I bet Jesper can. It's the price of the lean on his father's farm. What about you, Wyland? Can you put a price on the chance to walk away from Ketterdam and live your own life? And Nina, I suspect you and your Fjordan may want something more to subsist on than patriotism and longing glances. Inej might have a number in mind, too. It's the price of a future, and it's Venek's turn to pay. End quote. So he's saying that they're still going after both because everyone has has an investment of what they're going to do with the money. And Nina says, yo, Kaz, if you have a plan, then you need to share it. Yeah. And Kaz is like, "Mm, just focus on tomorrow night and then I'll tell you everything after. He does eventually say, quote, we're going to make like merchers and let the market do the work for us. We're going Uh to take Van Eck's money and then we're going to take his reputation. We're going to make sure he can never do business in Ketterdam or anywhere in Kerch ever again. End quote. Yeah. So it's part, a lot of it, I think, for Kaz now is getting back. Like, you don't pull one over on Kaz. Yeah. He's and just, now you're hurting his lady. Right. You're just, he's going to destroy him. Oh, yes. Yeah. He's going, he has to. Exactly. Completely down to the ground. Wow. Um, and once the job is done, he says everyone can lie low in the southern colonies. But he plans on staying put right where he is. And Matthias says, I liked this quote. He often wondered how people survived in this city, but it was possible Ketterdam would not survive Kaz Brecker, end quote. And <laughs> yeah. that's exactly what we were talking about. Uh-huh. If Kaz wants something, he's going to get it. And if you cross him, you'll pay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Again, I keep thinking about Peaky Blinders, so I'll just move on. I'm going to um, try it, by the way. You need to. <laughs> Don't worry. I, I Watch know. it with Kaz in mind. Um. So Kaz also shares that the message to Ravka, remember he was he was getting Pekka Rollins to send a message to Ravka. He admits that this was a decoy to keep Pekka Rollins busy since the huh. contacts he gave him don't even exist. So he's just like chasing and not, there's nothing to chase. Right. Really. So like he and his people are just like out searching for people that don't exist, which to me is kind of disappointing because <laughs> I really wanted Ravka involved in all of this. I know. So I was a little disappointed. Well, don't worry. <laughs> I know. Don't so, worry. <laughs> so Kuei, like, speaks up, and he's like, I would rather go to Ravka. And he says it's because he thinks his father's work will help find an antidote for Parim, especially since there's other fabricators there that actually have been trained <laughs> um, that he could work with and to help. Yeah. He's also worried that other people have figured out how to make it. So he wants to um, try to get the antidote before a bunch of other people start making it. Yeah. Well, I mean, and he's he's right. I mean, once you have like a sample of something, people really can break down things and figure out their own. I mean. Yeah. He, in the book, they say once you know something exists, yes. then you can work towards making it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think another reason he wants to go to Ravka is because we know Ravka is the best place for Grisha. Yes. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I mean, most of the most of the crows have at one point said they want to get back to Ravka. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just safer for them. Um. So, Kaz asks Nina to translate something to Kuwait, where he explains that everyone would be looking for him in Ravka. Mm. So he is to go to the colonies and not go to Ravka because that's like the obvious place that he would go. Yeah, and the colonies is like, yeah, it's just it's far away, I feel. Yeah, the colonies are all the way, like, if you look at the map, they're the very, oh, yeah. like, left bottom corner. So, yeah. which would actually not be too hard to get to from Ketterdam. But, I mean, Fjorda... It's farther away from Ravka. Yeah, and, you know, Ravka's the continent that's got Fjorda, the Shuhan, I mean, all the really bad, like, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. A little sad, but... Well, yeah. He needs to stay alive. He does. So, Roddy and Speck join the crew, and they tell everyone that about 40 heavily armed shoe have set up at the embassy, and the Harbor Master incident, remember that one? Where yes. they blew up poor old. Are you talking about like when the they... very first chapter? Oh, of this book. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we went somewhere else for a minute. Yes. Okay. Got it. Where they blew up the harbor master's little thing where he, you know, he's drinking coffee and the shoe woman just like came. Yeah. And Red Vanko goes flying. Yep. Yeah. With a person with wings. Right. Um, so they say that no one has con- has connected them to the raid at the ice court, which means Pekka hasn't said anything yet, which is odd. Mm-hmm. The next bit of information is that Matthias is dead. News flash: Matthias is dead. Right. <laughs> that understandably confuses Matthias, well, of who course. is standing there. <laughs> He's like, "I ain't dead." <laughs> but then they realize that that means Muzzin is dead. Yes. Remember that he took Matthias's place in the prison when they came Hellgate when they came to um to to rescue Matthias. Um so Muzzin was shanked <laughs> in the Hellgate infirmary. All the way in book 1. Yeah. Yeah. They're not sure, but it might have been the Druskella which makes Matthias feel some kind of way. Yeah. I Matthias, I love him. <laughs> He's a little dramatic. Um, Roddy says there's one more piece of news. There is someone looking for Jesper. And they uh-huh. assume that it was because of the of him owing money. Right. But he says, nope, this one is claiming to be your father. Dun, dun, dun. dun, dun. dun. <laughs> I actually have a dun, dun, dun. Did you notes. really? That's hilarious. Aww. <laughs> oh, best friend, Grisha Cast. Um, best friend, Grisha Cast. And that ends chapter so, three. Yeah. Well, it ended on a good note. So we're going to meet Jesper's father, Ooh. which is going to be interesting. So going right on into chapter four, which is Inej. Okay. So Inej remember. So this is kind of cool because I was really excited about it because, I mean, we haven't heard from Inej since she flew off. Uh-huh. Well, she didn't fly off, but the squalors or, who, yeah, squalors came and, like, took her and flew off. They didn't have wings. No. But they were just controlling the air. But, so we get to hear from Inej, which is, like, also, like, a huge part of this plan. Like, so we get to find out where she is a little bit, or kind of. So 
Nudge is waking up. She remembers being grabbed by one of Vanek Squallers um, and flying to who knows where. She um, also kind of has this other memory of, like, another Squaller grabbing her while they're in the air, and then, like, this huge burst of pain hits her skull, and obviously, I'm guessing she's being knocked out. So I'm guessing she was trying to fight a little bit. But anyway, she gets knocked out, and now she wakes up, and she is blindfolded and bound. She doesn't feel the swaying of a ship, so she starts to think she could possibly be, like, in a warehouse or someone's house. Who knows? She's smart. She I mean, is. like, I think that's brilliant. Like, some of the things she thinks about is, like, I don't know, just, like, I mean, noticing whether it's, like, swaying or not. Like, really trying to figure that out. Um, she's pretty sure she's on land somewhere. She manages to nudge the blindfold down by using the wall. But all she sees is, like, absolute pitch black. So she tells herself she is not afraid. Here is a quote. Long ago, after a bad fall, her father had explained that only fools were fearless. We meet fear, he'd said. We greet the unexpected visitor and listen to what he has to tell us. When fear arrives, something is about to happen. End quote. I like that. So um, had to have it in there. And also that explains a little bit of, you know, Aneja's character. Yes. So she shuffles around trying to find anything, a door, a window, something. She's just trying to find something. She then starts to hear footsteps and lunges towards the floor quickly. And unfortunately, she kind of forgot to put her blindfold back on. And now, and these people, the soldiers, I'm guessing, guards, enter, and they just tie her blindfold tighter. But luckily, Inej has already found something. She found a vent. And now she just has to get out of the ropes. So here's a quote. The only thorough look she got at the room where she was being held was during meals when they brought in a lantern. She'd hear keys turning in a series of locks, the door swinging open, the sound of the tray being placed on the table. A moment later, the blindfold would be gently lifted from her face. Bajan? Is that how you pronounce that? I would think so. Okay. Bajan, that's kind of fun, was never (laughs) rough or abrupt. It wasn't in his nature. In fact, she suspected it was beyond the capabilities of his manicured musician's hands. End quote. So we got a new character coming in that's, I keep on thinking of like um, (laughs) Dijon. Like mustard Dijon for some. Mustard, oh. I know. I think Jean Valjean. Uh, oh, of course, that's where you would go. Miss <laughs> Lay Miserable. <laughs> well, Dijon, anyways, has some nice manicured hands. <laughs> so, and they're musicians' hands. The best way to eat a sandwich is with Dijon and manicured hands. Grey Poupon. <laughs> Anybody? <laughs> um, fancy. Fan- yes, very fancy. <laughs> But it's got that great little, like, twang. I really do like it. Yes. <laughs> like, I love spicy mustard. Um, Absolutely. Especially, like, at Chinese restaurants. Like, that's my absolute favorite. Yes. And I don't know what it is. It looks like mustard, but, like, it's got, like... <laughs> Who knows what's in it? Oh, I, yeah. Is it horseradish? I don't know. I love horseradish. I do, mustard. too. 
But I just don't taste. I don't think there's. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, so every time, every time Dijon brings her food tray, she tries to figure out more clues about where she is. Smart girl. So here's a quote: Bajan would untie her wrist, then bind them again in front of her so that she could she could eat. Though once she discovered the vent, she only picked at her food, eating enough to keep up her strength and nothing more. Still, when Bajan and the guards had brought her tray tonight, her stomach had growled audibly at the smell of soft sausages and porridge. She'd been woozy with hunger, and when she'd tried to sit down, she'd tipped the tray from its perch on the table, smashing the the white ceramic mug and bowl. Her dinner slopped to the floor in a steaming heap of savory mush and broken crockery and she'd landed ungracefully next to it, barely avoiding a face full of porridge. End quote. Lots of stuff is in there. If, I don't know, when you read that, did you get the hints to like, or did you start to think of what was about to happen? Kind of. Kind of? Okay. So, we're going to just keep going on. Bajan is a musician, as we know, because of his manicured hands. And Inej cleverly asks him about the instruments he teaches and then cleverly throws in the question, quote, and how does Alice Van Eck sing? End quote. So, she's just kind of, I don't know, I just, that's very interesting. So Alice, she always, um, Bajan tells her that Kaz and Van Eck are uh, coming with a deal, and that he doesn't think she will be tortured. Bajan obviously doesn't really know any anything. He's just kind of like this poor fool. Isn't uh, he Thule as well? Yeah. I Which think, is why they had like kind of a connection. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So when she was alone, she... So but this is kind of happening, like, I mean, telling us as in like days go by and Bajan... Dijon just keeps on being the, the man that come, comes and brings her, her food. Mm-hmm. Um, when she was alone, she thought about how Vanek wanted to trade her for Kuwe Yobo, the shoe boy they had stolen from the ice court. He was the only one who could possibly recreate Jurda Parem. Kuwe's ransom was so high, it would buy Kaz the respect of one of the baddest bosses in the barrel. Plus, it would get him the chance at revenge against Pekka Rollins for the death of his brother. So, we got a lot of information there, too. Um, so, how's all our crows doing? And what does Inej think is really going down? So, the library's open. Here's the quote. Kaz's course was obvious. Ransom Kuwe, take the money, find himself a new spider to scale the walls of the barrel and steal secrets for him. And hadn't she told him she planned on leaving Ketterdam as soon as they were paid? Stay with me. Had he meant it? What value did her life carry in the face of the reward Kuwe might garner? Nino would never let Kaz abandon her. She'd fight with everything she had to free Inej, even if she was still in the grips of Parem. 
Matthias would stand by her with that great heart full of honor. And Jesper, well, Jesper would never do Inej harm. But he needed money badly if he didn't want his father to lose his livelihood. He would do his best, but that might not necessarily mean what was best for her. Besides, without Kaz, were any of them a match for Van Eck's ruthlessness and resources? I am, Inej told herself. I may not have Kaz's devious mind, but I am a dangerous girl. End quote. So she kind of thinks about what's going on, trying to think about her possibilities of being rescued. And come on, of course. Of course she's going to be rescued. Absolutely. I I mean, the crows are, the dregs are the dregs. They would not, I can't imagine them leaving any one of them behind. Um... No. Especially after everything they've gone through in that first book. Um, and they were so close. Right. They're very loyal. Yes, they are. So Vanek sent Dijon there every day, hoping that Inej would crack and give up one of Kaz's safe houses. So that's what we've got this wonderful Dijon mustard there for. Um, I'm sorry. I know you're probably getting annoyed by that, but I just love calling it's him that. Fine. And it's probably, it was probably his idea too, thinking to send this like gentle Suli man in there. Absolutely. Because she'd be more likely to well, yeah. to connect with him. Well, he's a boss too. So, I mean, you got to remember these people, like, I mean, they're smart. So they mm-hmm. use their brains to figure out the best way to get information out. Then one night, the routine changed. Instead of Bajan leaving after Inez Inez said she was done, he stayed and asked her about her family. When was the last time she had seen them? Inez asked if Vanek had offered him a reward, if he can get info out of her. Bajan tells Inez how powerful Vanek is and that he can get her to be free, to be free from Kazbrecker, the dregs, and Perhaskel. He can arrange for her to go back to Ravka with money for travel. So now they're really trying, like, I mean, Van Eck is just trying to get anything out of Inej, um, hoping, offering her safe passage back to Ravka. Her freedom. Yeah. Um, she wonders whether this is an offer or a threat. Suli are not easy to find. Uh, had Van Eck found her mother and father? That was another thought that she was kind of having because, I mean, he mentions her family. So, like, you just got to think. I mean, if you're, like, in the cell, you got a lot of time to think. And then with the little words that people, like, that Bajan is saying to her, all the thoughts. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? <laughs> all my thoughts I'm just, like, imagining. <laughs> Lord, I would go crazy. Um, I would, yeah. So she's just kind of putting the story together and she's kind of, like, wondering, like, I mean, the reason I said Suli are not easy to find is because she started thinking about her parents. And, I mean, they if we remember what Anesha's history is, is she they were, she was an acrobat. They were Suli that traveled. They were, like, not pilgrims. Um, gypsies. Gypsies. So, um, anyways, she asks him what Vanek knows about her family, and Bajan replies that he knows she is far from home, and he knows about her indenture to the menagerie. She asks whether he will have Tanta Helena arrested then since he knows she was a slave. Bajan doesn't know and Nez realizes quickly Vanek is just looking for leverage. Then Bajan asks a very peculiar question. Did her mother ever make skillet bread, which is a stooly sapel? 
Staple. 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 Suli. Staple. A Suli staple. Skillet bread. Doesn't really sound that appetizing to me, to be no, honest. No, I think it it sounds like cornbread. Like how you make cornbread in the iron skillet. Yeah, and I I'm I don't like cornbread. I know I'm southern, but I do not like cornbread. <laughs> um anyways, Inez realizes what he's doing. He's trying to get her to miss home so much and hopefully convince her to believe that her friends aren't coming. Quote But Inez knew better than that. She'd learned from the best. Better terrible truth than kind lies. Kaz had never offered her happiness, and she didn't trust the men promising to serve it up to her now. Her suffering had not been for nothing. Her saints had brought her to Ketterdam for a reason. A ship to hunt slavers. A mission to give meaning to all she'd been through. She would not betray that purpose of her friends for some dream of the past. End quote. So, Inej tells him to tell his master to honor his old deals before making new ones. Boom. Mic drop. Because, <laughs> I mean, come on. That's so true. Like, don't keep on offering me all these new things. I can't trust you because the main deal that you made with my team, you broke. Right. So You've already shown that you're not trustworthy. Exactly. After he leaves... She realizes it's time to go. So this is where I said there was something going on. She takes the shard of the bowl she had gotten when she pretended to fall and starts working um, on untying her bounds, which another thing to remember, this is the wraith. This is the spider. She jumps everywhere. She don't fall. She's nimble. Yeah, she don't fall. So, I mean, that was another... Vanek should have taught Bajan better about who the wraith was. Bajan and the guards would not be back till morning. That gave Inej all night to free herself from her bonds. Inej gets free and goes directly to that vent. She is so small she can actually crawl through it. That's our wraith, and that is a very small girl. Yes. Okay. So, real quickly, I'm about to read a quote, but Terry, what does this next quote remind you of? She inched forward. How far had she gone? Every time she took a deep breath, it felt like the air shaft was tightening around her ribs. For all she knew, she could be atop a building. She might pop her head out the other side only to find a busy Ketterdam street far below. Inej could contend with that. But if the shaft just ended, if it was walled up on the other side, she'd have to squirm backward the entire distance and hope to refasten her rope so that her captors wouldn't know what she'd done. Impossible. There could be no dead ends tonight. End quote. Did I just confuse you? A little bit. Well, it reminded me of poor little Ismrud. Oh! <laughs> the little... Our worm. The little sad worm. Because I'm sorry, she, the big sad worm. The big sad worm, because she's crawling, and she if she'd have to... S- Scooch back <laughs> if she gets into a wall. Oh! So I immediately thought of Ismrud and Inez could both possibly be on milk cartons. Ismrud would at least then have a friend to talk with. Oh, yeah, he would. Inez would make great company <laughs> for our dear friend Ismrud. Oh, Ismrud. Ismrud, that poor little fella. He's probably still down there. Uh, yes. Oh. He's just digging and digging and digging and eating and eating. Hello. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> Where did everybody go? <laughs> Are they still there? Like, did anybody stay behind? The apparat left. Yeah, but I'm sure he's still like just he's in the ground. Well, he's he in the is, tunnel. If everybody left, he can't hear anybody. So like all of his imaginary friends are gone now. So now he's probably like just gone so crazy. <laughs> he still hears them. Everybody's gone, but maybe he'll find land soon. Hopefully. Maybe like in the new book she's coming out with, <laughs> Isamrud will like appear up on land and he'll like be a new worm. All right. We're asking her about Isamrud. Yes. And he needs to return. Yes. I I need him to return. <laughs> yeah. He'd be so cute. Uh, so anyway, going on. She um she keeps pulling herself through the vent and it finally reaches the end. She gets worried about what will be on the other side. She opens the vent and with the intention of grabbing the other end, it actually kind of just opens up and falls and comes undone completely and falls and hits the ground. She holds her breath, hoping no one has heard it. Luckily, it's still silent. So the guards must all be on the outside of the building or wherever she is. In flawless and elegant wraith fashion, she gently tumbles silently to the ground. She hits something and then realizes it's a chair and that she is in some kind of theater. She's like in an auditorium. She feels around and finds a door and tries to open it, but it's locked. And right at that moment, that exact moment, a blast of light comes on and fills the auditorium with light. Poop. She's caught. Yep. So it's Van Eck and his guards, obviously. They have been waiting for her. This has all been a setup. She looks around and sees the set of a stage uh, the and the stage is from a comedy brute production of the Madman and the Doctor. <laughs> it just mentioned it, though. I thought it was important. I'm like, you know, we love theater, so the Madman and the Doctor. Maybe we should write that. That would be an interesting play. Um, Let's do it. I did play this really weird doctor once. Doctor C made me play, and what was funny is I was Doctor Ginsburg. Not even joking. It was in the script. Ginsburg. Well, there you go. Yeah. It was meant for you. It was horrible play. <laughs> Absolutely horrible. Um, guards were stationed all around the auditorium. Dijon is right next to Van Eck. And Inej wonders if the vent was left open for a reason. Van Eck commands for her to be brought to him. She, of course, tries to run for it, jumping over row after row of seat seats, then climbs a rope from backstage, and right as she gets close to the top, she sees one of the guards at the top, of, and what does he do? Takes his knife and cuts the rope. She falls down, softening her knees to brace for impact. Right then, she is surrounded by three of his guards. And this is where we finally have our scene. So I will be playing Van Eck, and Terry will be playing Inej. And please enjoy the wonderful background music, Summoner's Way by Ollie Dodd. Come uh, on, Ollie. Yeah, and I got to come up with a good voice for Van Eck. You can I do it. Okay. <clears throat> so here we go. Our scene. 
curtain up. Really, Miss Gaffa? Vanek chided. We're well aware of your gifts. Did you think I wouldn't take precautions? He did not wait for an answer. You are not going to find your way out of this without my help or Miss Mr. Brecker's. As he does not seem to be making an appearance, perhaps you should consider a change in alliance. Inej said nothing. Vanek tucked his hands behind his back. It was strange to look at him and see the ghost of Wyland's face. The city is awash in rumors of Parem. A delegation of Fjordan Druskel... Skella has arrived in the embassy sector. Today, the Shu sailed two warships into Third Harbor. I gave Brecker seven days to broker a trade for your safety, but they are all looking for Kue Yolbo, and it is imperative that I get him out of the city before they find him. Two Shu warships. That was what had changed. Vanek was out of time. But it seems you and I must now come to an arrangement. Where is Kaz Brecker keeping the boy? How could I possibly know that? You must know the locations of the dreg's safe houses. Brecker does nothing without preparation. He'll have warrens to hide in all, in all over the city. If you know him so well, then you know he'd never keep Kue somewhere that I could lead him to you. I don't believe that. I can't help. What you do or don't believe, your shoe scientist is probably long gone already. Word would have reached me. My spies are everywhere. Clearly not everywhere. Vanek shook his head wearily. Get her on the table. Inej knew it was pointless to struggle, but she did anyway. It was fight or give in to the terror that rushed through her as the guards hefted her onto the table and pinned down her limbs. Now, she saw one of the prop tables was set with instruments that looked nothing like the oversized mallets and saws hanging from the walls. They were real surgeon's tools. Scalpels and saws and clamps that gleamed with sinister intent. You are the wraith, Miss Gaffa. Legend of the barrel. You've gathered the secrets of judges, councilmen, thieves, and killers alike. I doubt there is anything in this city you do not know. You will tell me the locations of Mr. Brecker's safe houses now. I can't tell you what I don't know. Vanek sighed. Remember that I have tried to treat you with civility. You, he turned to one of the guards, a heavy-set man with a sharp blade of a nose. I'd prefer this didn't go on too long. Do what you think is best. The guard let his hand hover over the table of instruments as if deciding which cruelty would be most efficient. Inej felt her courage wobble, her breath coming in panic gasps. When fear arrives... Something is about to happen. The blade-nosed guard stepped forward. Something gleamed in his hand. Inej reached for a place of stillness inside herself, the place that had allowed her to endure a year at the menagerie, a year of nights marked by pain and humiliation, of days counted in beatings and worse. Go on, she urged, and her voice was steel. Wait, said Vanek. He was studying Inej as if he were reading a ledger, trying to make the figure line up. He cocked his head to one side and said, Break her legs. Inej felt her courage fracture. She began to thrash, trying to get free of the guard's hold. Ah, said Venek. 
That's what I thought. The blade-nosed guard selected a heavy length of pipe. No, said Van Eck. I don't want it to be a clean break. Use the mallet. Shatter the bone. His face hovered above her, his eyes a bright, clear blue, Wyland's eyes, but devoid of any of Wyland's kindness. No one will be able to put you back together again, Miss Gaffa. Maybe you can earn your way out of your contract by begging for pennies on East Stave and then crawl home to the slate every night, assuming Brecker will give you a room there. Don't. She didn't know if she was pleading with Van Eck or herself. She didn't know who she hated more in this moment. The guard took up a steel mallet. Inej writhed on the table, her body coated in sweat. She could smell her own fear. Don't, she repeated. Don't. The blade-nosed guard tested the mallet's weight in his hands. Van Eck nodded. The guard lifted it in a smooth arc. Inej watched the mallet rise and reach its apex, light glinting off its wide head, the flat face of a dead moon. She heard the crackle of the campfire, thought of her mother's hair twined with persimmon silk. He'll never trade if you break me, she screamed, the words tearing loose from some deep place inside her, her voice raw and undefended. I'll be no use to him anymore. Vanek held up a hand. The mallet fell. Inej felt it brush against her trousers as the impact shattered the surface of the table, a hair's breadth from her calf, the entire corner collapsing beneath the force. My leg, she thought, shuddering violently. That would have been my leg. There was a metallic taste in her mouth. She'd bitten her tongue. Saints protect me. Saints protect me. You make an interesting argument, Vanek said meditatively. He tapped a finger against his lips, thinking... Ponder your loyalties, Miss Gaffa. Tomorrow night, I may not be so merciful. End scene. Ta-da! Ta-da! Very dramatic. <laughs> it was very dramatic. I like having those. You know, the ones that are like just like so dramatic. You can't wait to. You got to know what's going to happen next. Um. We knew that Inej's legs couldn't be broken yet. We just knew. <laughs> Not this early. No. Exactly. And, I mean, uh, Van Eck, he's so crazy. It's so weird. I didn't like the um, the line where, like, um, put her back together again or something. They're never, like, I mean, they're never going to be able to put you back together again. Remind me of the Wizard of Oz. Oh. <laughs> For some reason. Like, I don't know why. Like, do, does the witch say that to, like, somebody? The scarecrow? No, the scarecrow. Oh, and I played the scarecrow. <laughs> oh, that's right. That I was... directed that play. I Not yours, but. Right. I did it at Bellevue Middle. <laughs> and you know, like, the play has, like, extra songs. There's that really weird, like, there's an extra song in the play that's, like, some weird dance. And it's not in the movie at all. Anyways, <laughs> I just remember it. And um, yeah, I was the scarecrow. I wanted that part so badly. Um, anyways, so that was the end of the scene. Very dramatic. Um, Inez was shaking as the guards took her off the table. She continuously thinks about killing Vanek as they take her back to her room. Dijon tries to apologize to Inez. Inez, God, like my words are just, <laughs> but hey, I'm having fun. That's all that matters. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying, right? 
says he didn't know what Van Eck intended, and Nez says in Shu, Kadima Mehim. Dijon obviously is not happy with what she had just told him. The Suli were a close people, loyal. They had to be. In a world where they had no land and where they were so very few. Here's the quote. You are forsaken. As you have turned your back on me, so will they turn their backs on you. It was the worst of Suli denunciations. One that forbade you the welcome of your ancestors in the next world, and doomed your spirit to wander without a home. Dang. That's a, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's just like, I mean, just, and I like that they threw in there that, I mean, the Suli really don't have any land of their own. Mm-hmm. They're all they're ju- gypsies. Yeah. I just, I love that part of, you know, these little added parts of the world. Yeah. Um. So, and um. so, I um, have a quote, which is actually just the end of the chapter because I sometimes I like doing that when it's just like a really cool chapter that and the very last sentences just always kind of pull things together. So here we go. Quote, Kaz had rescued her from that hopelessness and their lives had been a series of rescues ever since. A string of debts that they never tallied as they saved each other again and again. Lying in the dark, she realized that for all her doubts, she'd believed he would rescue her once more. That he would put aside his greed and his demons and come for her. Now she wasn't so sure. Because it was not just the sense in the word she'd spoken that had stilled Van Eck hand but the truth he'd heard in her voice he'll never trade if you break me she could not pretend those words had been conjured by strategy or even animal cunning the magic they'd worked had been born of belief an ugly enchantment tomorrow night i may not be so merciful had tonight been an exercise meant to frighten me or would van eck return to carry out his threats and if kaz did come how much of her would be left? End chapter, end of our reading. So, yeah, we still, um, yeah, it's just kind of creeping along. But, hey, we know that they're going to definitely come for her. Because, I mean, we read that their plan yes. happens at midnight. Uh-huh. They didn't say that specifically what no. they were doing. But no. if you put two and two together, that's what happened. So... It is that special time, folks. It is that time for... Grisha Cast News! <laughs> and, by the way, I've been trying to stare at this camera the whole time. I've done a horrible job. I am never going to be as good as Terry at looking at the camera. <laughs> but I'm looking at it now. Yes. Because I'm trying. Well, we're a podcast first, so. We are, but we've got cameras. (laughs) So, I mean, I just, I'm going to try more often. Um, Anyways, try to look at the camera more often and also stop doing that. I don't think I did it a lot this time. I think I've gotten better at it. Uh, As I just did it. Okay, so we really don't have a lot of GrishaCast news, but one kind of special thing. Just want to let you guys know that our special surprise that we've been told, telling you to hang on and listen for will be happening at the end of August. Ooh. 
So it is very cool and very special. And you guys are going to love it. And um, so I think we should do that. So we wanted to do that test on Grisha, the Grishaverse site, where it tells you what Six of Crows character you are. But I think we'll do that next time. Okay. So what I would like, though, is for you guys to do it and let us know who you are. And if any of you guys think about, like, you can tell us what you think we are. So that's a good question. You and me, for the next week, we are going to think about who we really think we are related to out of Mm -hmm. all the characters, and then we're going to see who we get. Okay. And then the listeners and the watchers comment on what you think we are. Or just tell us who you are. Yeah. And it'd be interesting for them to guess too what they it, think we are. Exactly. And even though I want to throw one in there because he is considered Kuwe is one of the answers. Okay. He's new, but Kuwe is there. And I wanted to share a little bit of something from the special um um one uh, <laughs> collector's edition of crooked kingdom the very back has like different pictures of Mm -hmm. all the crows but something that's neat is that their astrological signs are in their pictures so i got some help from my husband because (laughs) he um i just don't remember what all the signs are but um i'm gonna well yeah i could ask you too (laughs) but you weren't sitting right there no i wasn't so that's my Okay, so um, <laughs> so what are you? You're a... I'm an Aries. You're an Aries. Like I know 100%. Okay, so I'm... Do you believe in the cusps? Sort of. Okay. You so, have tendencies of the other side. Yeah. So I, I am on a cusp. I'm a Sagittarius and a Capricorn, but mainly I'm a Capricorn. You're a Capricorn. I'm a Capricorn. <laughs> okay, so... I know you. You're a Capricorn. <laughs> yeah. So, here we go. Kaz is a Capricorn, okay? Huh. Inej okay. is a Cancer. Uh-huh. Nina is a Leo. Matthias is a Taurus. Mm-hmm. Jesper is Gemini. Wylan is Virgo. And Kuwe is Aries. I don't know Kuwe enough. We don't. We but only know, but... The other ones make sense. We're going to get a lot more of them, obviously, since he's in this book. Um... But I just thought that was so interesting, like that little hint. Um, And so we've got some listener thank yous. Okay. so Okay. (laughs) Just telling you guys. So we've got some listener thank yous. And from Instagram, I would like to thank Spur to the Fur, Aisada, and Kath Burke. Thank you so much for... um, I sent out like a little um, message yesterday just saying, sorry, you've got a migraine and you guys are like very nice to say, I hope you get better. You guys are a very compassionate listener group because I mean, when Terry had like all her stuff going on, all the messages you guys sent her. Yeah, you guys are very sweet and we appreciate it. Exactly. Thanks for caring. Um, On Facebook, I'd like to thank Ashley Taylor and... So we also 
we have something which is really exciting because we ask for this all the time and a lot of people just don't do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's okay. Our game, Feared and Mary Kill. So we have one. But first off, I'd like to read the message, okay? So this came from Instagram. Hey, Grisha Cass, I stumbled upon your podcast a couple weeks ago, and it's fantastic. I'm going through cancer treatment right now, and I love listening while I'm getting chemo. It lets me feel like I'm reading the books when I'm too tired to do it. Just about to start your coverings of Six of Crows. Love all the scenes and quotes you do. Keep doing what you guys are doing. Love you guys. Aww. Aww. That is very, very sweet. That touched me. Thank you for sending that. I know. That's from Ariel. And she actually sent us a Fjord and Mary Kill. And I just, I love that. I can't, I'm I'm glad that we're entertaining you because sometimes I feel like we're just entertaining ourselves. Well, but entertainment is what it's about. Even though, even when we've hit on like harder subjects, we've always said it's about the entertainment here. Absolutely. So girl... You keep listening. We are here for you. And if you want to keep sending us Fear to Mary Kills, we will keep doing them. Yes, we will. So, um, okay. So hers is, and we're both going to do this. Okay. Okay. So we both got to give our answer. Fear to Mary Kill. Jesper, Nikolai, and the Darkling. Okay. Okay. Really? You've already got it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that fast. <laughs> Um, okay, then you tell me yours and maybe I'll figure out mine. Okay. I'm going to marry Nikolai. Okay. Because for, I mean, for several reasons, he's thoughtful and he's a freaking prince. Right. Um, I'm going to fear in the Darkling because mm-hmm. we know that he's sexy and, you know, like the little dark spooky thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have to kill Jesper and I don't... I just don't, I don't know him well enough yet, really, I don't think. Like, I, we've, we've yeah. only hit, like, really one book about him. So, right. I'm going to have to kill him. Okay. So, it's kind of hard for me, because, I mean, out of those choices, there's only one of them that would even sleep with me. <laughs> <laughs> like, that would actually well, no, but sleep this with is, me. Like, this is what you would do. I know. Like. Not about what they would do. But this one is hard because I do have this fascination for, like, villains. Yes, you do. But Nikolai is amazingly entertaining and is blonde. And Jesper's, like, this really kind of, like, bad good guy. He's also, like, bi, right? He, Yeah, he's bi, I think, is what he's... So, like... I mean, that was part of the thing I was thinking about, too, is that, like, we could have a lot of fun. So. (laughs) Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So I might change these answers later. Yeah. But for the sake of, like, doing this quickly so I don't sit here and just have, like, this is where we should have (laughs) um, the Jeopardy music playing. Um, Who knows how much that would cost, though. Um Oh, thank you, husband. Okay, so this one's hard for me. It is. So, but I'm just going to speedily go through it. I am going to... Okay, I hate to do this. Okay, I'm going to... I'm going to fear it in Jesper. Okay. Um, And then 
just because I mean, he seems fun and I, I bad boy. Yeah, you know me. Um, then I'm gonna marry Nikolai because he would be so entertaining. Uh-huh. And you get to fear it in Nikolai anyways. Yeah. That goes along with it. And you'd be a prince. Uh, God, it's like <laughs> my dream. And you'd get the lance off emerald. Oh my god. Oh. Yeah. So that would that really breaks my heart, but yeah. I actually would be killing the dark you would. Yeah. Like, and that's so heartbreaking because he's such an amazing villain. Yeah. That's got so much behind it. Jesper would also probably run you into complete debt. So that's right. <laughs> he is He would take your money so he could go gamble more. <laughs> yeah. But he's got those guns and he's got <laughs> and this guns. sweet. Yeah, he sure does. <laughs> but he's got the sweet side. See, the thing is, is yeah. I know more about Jesper than I you know. do. I know. And I know more about all those characters than you do right now. So, um, anyways, yes, please keep sending us more Fjord and Mary kills. Um, and actually, as we get closer to our big special surprise, I will tell you guys more about it. <laughs> and we'll need some more Fjord and Mary kills. So, yeah, start thinking about them. And, um, yeah. Okay, so next week, we're doing it again. Two chapters, Crooked Kingdom. We're going to read chapters five and six this week, next week. And yeah, it's kind of exciting. So you guys keep reading. And don't forget, I'll, I feel like we gave you homework, but <laughs> um, take the test. And I think what's easiest, take the test and tell us who you think you should be and who you got. And if you want, you don't have to. You can tell us who you think we are. So, and we will definitely think about that. That's going to be a lot of hard work, to be honest. Um, Because you know me. I like, I literally have ADHD. So, like, (laughs) I mean, I will be, like, processing this whole thing. Yeah, I already know. So. You already know yours? I don't. I've never taken the the quiz. But But you know who you want to be. I just know who, like. We should guess each other, too. Because I know who I, I think you would be. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I got it. We'll guess each other's. Okay, peeps. So we're going to see you all next week. No mourners. No funerals. This has been GrishaCast. Connect with us on the web at GrishaCast.com. Send an email to info at GrishaCast.com. Follow us on Instagram at GrishaCast, YouTube at GrishaCast, Twitter at Grisha Podcast and Facebook at GrishaCast. Special thanks to Oliver Dodd for the use of Summoner's Way. Thank you! Woo!